Hello and welcome to Wine Blast. And I'd like to start this one by offering a very warm, wine fueled welcome, particularly to our new listeners. A lot of you have got in touch recently, so thank you for joining us. It is great to have you. Great to have you and great to hear from you too. So thank you for joining the conversation, uh, the chat. Um, can I also add a welcome back to our existing mm-hmm. listeners? Um, we love you all. You know, you stick with us. Even though, you know, you know us and, and you see us Hard for who we really are. I know wine-addled, sort of all-round bad influences with, you know, very suspect tasting Christmas jumpers and the like. Oh, um, speak for yourself. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. listen, welcome everyone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I like to think we have good taste in wine, even if your taste in jumpers could do with some work. I see, I'm being hung out to anyway, what, anyway yeah. what is this episode about? Well, it does It does actually follow quite neatly on because this episode is all about the wine lover's wish list mm-hmm. for the year ahead. So what we wine lovers want to see happen in 2023. And my wish list uh, includes sporting better jumpers. Yeah. I that, really that, like to think agenda? it does, but <laughs> this particular wish list has to be wine related, I'm afraid. So no. Okay. Unless they're jumpers with wine on them, which would kind of be bad taste anyway. So no, just no, just no, no, no. I don't know, I don't, no. know, I don't know actually. I reckon there's some pretty no, cool no. wine jumpers out there. No, there aren't. No, um, no. Send us in some pics, people. No, Help me fight this fight and I will gladly sport them. And, do not and send, send in jumpers, whatever you send, do. Well, send jumpers or pics, whatever. But, you know, I'll then send you a photo of Susie's uh, face as we're recording. But I thought anyway. you were going to see me wearing it. <laughs> Maybe it's time we moved on from jumpers. I think uh, it might because be. Because this isn't jumper blast. It's not jumper blast. After no. all. No. Uh, although that, that is an idea. No, it's not. No, okay, no. fine. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, we were thinking for this show about doing some sort of resolutions or predictions, weren't we, for the year ahead? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we realised that none of those things ever actually happen, do they? Not usually, no, <laughs> so, no, not in, well, certainly not in this house. So, so better to focus no on what we want to happen uh, because that's more realistic, and also, I don't know, we're just a bit more invested in that kind of thing, isn't it? Plus, it's more fun, yeah, um, and more interesting to listen to. Ultimately, well, I hope. I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yep. Uh, but but here is a clip to to at least whet your appetite. So for 2023, I would like to discover some uh, new grape varieties or uh, some English wines. I have already tried uh, a sparking. First time when I saw this wine, it was like, okay, sparking wine from England. That must be horrible. I was saying to myself, you know. <laughs> I, so I tried it and uh, yeah, the wine was amazing. So that's Ioannis from Wine Bar Claret. Uh, and we have a host of views on this, don't we? We uh, do. Across a whole range of topics as to what we wine lovers want to see happen with wine in the year ahead. Um, we're also going to hear from Master of Wine Peter McCombie, uh, wine writer Libby Brody, and Master Sommelier Garrett Devani. Uh, and of course, we'll be throwing our tuppence into the pot too. Oh, you'd be disappointed if we didn't, wouldn't you? Um, can I also just add, um, you know, we're featuring lots of views from different people in this episode, mm. but we'd we'd actually love to hear from you on this subject um, if you haven't already got in touch. Um, we'll put the links in the mm. show notes, so please do let us know. Yeah, yeah, we should add that this is also kind of a two-parter, isn't it? Because we're, yeah. we're going to follow this up with an episode on how to be a better wine lover, which sort of naturally follows on from this topic. Um, uh, and for which we've got some brilliant material, uh, a lot of which picks up threads we touch on here. Uh, but we want to start with this one, don't we? And indeed start at the beginning. Um, we want to explore what wine lovers are hoping for in the year ahead. What to see more of, what to see less of, hopes and fears, you know, the wish list, that kind of thing. Um, 
And the short answer is lots of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we put this <laughs> this question out on social media. Yeah, where else? Uh, where where else? else, of course. And and we got a big response. In fact, I think it's it's still yep. going on, isn't it's it? Still coming um, in. It's brilliant. So so the question we put out was, wine peeps, what's your greatest hope for twenty twenty three? And I would say the answers fell into a number of kind of broad categories, which we're going to yeah. touch on in yeah. turn. And then we're going to also add our own thoughts into the mix as we go yeah. along, aren't we? So perhaps the most predictable response was along the lines of drink better wine. Loving you know? it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. That'd be top of my list too. <laughs> Zoltan said uh, drink better. Uh, Yen said only drink good wine. And Louis wants to drink several vintages of Ponte Cane. Mm. I've never had it before. Um, and I personally loved this wish from Alessandro, which verges on the poetic. Uh, he wrote, uh, to have a normal year of hard work, some successes, a lot of fun, some moments of serendipity, and of course, drinking some amazing wines. Oh, I love the idea of serendipity. Mm. We all need a bit of that in our lives, <laughs> we do. don't we? And we missed that in, in lockdown. We again, did, we, we did, yeah. Anyway, so parallel to the idea of drinking better, some people wanted to do so without a hefty price tag, without the expense. <laughs> so Damiano was in search of a sound price drop. <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen, but <laughs> you know, wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roscoe's wish was that the price of Penfold's Grange halves. <laughs> That's quite specific. Isn't it? Now, what I'd like to say is, I think if you can afford even half the price <laughs> yeah. of Grange, you're yeah. not doing badly, That's Roscoe. Very true. <laughs> uh, and, and then there were some that just focused more on quantity than quality, yeah. which you know can happen. Yeah. Uh, Andy Davies' wish was that the wine fountain of Arache is somehow relocated to the end of my road. <laughs> Uh, I have to confess, we had to look that one up. We did we? have to look that one up, yeah, embarrassingly. Uh, especially given we probably visited when you I wrote know, your wine travel did. book on Northern did. Spain, didn't Pro- we? And no doubt. So it, yeah. it is. Uh, so it's on the Camino de Santiago, uh, and it's a monastery in Navarra, surrounded by vineyards where there's a fountain. And if you're a pilgrim on the Camino, uh, you can choose to refresh yourself with water hmm? or with wine. Uh, it. It's an impossible it. choice, isn't it, for a wine lover? I, I mean, wouldn't think would it's do? impossible. I know what, what I'd go for. <laughs> anyway. You might not be very, very note. hydrated. But anyway, it's quite a thought. <laughs> but on which note, where do we stand on drinking better? On this issue, yeah. You know, I where think, do we stand I think on this it? is a good one. I think every wine lover should aim to drink better almost every year, certainly yeah. this year. You know, um, But it's, what like, does it mean, you know? Well, just drink better quality wine. You yeah. know, let's drink these bottles. We've got nice yeah. bottles. There are nice bottles out there we can we can buy. Let's get them. Yeah. Let's drink them. Yeah. You know, uh, we mentioned this in our Wine of the Year show. You know, stop hoarding special bottles and start to drink and enjoy them. Mm. You know, we, none of us wine lovers do that enough. Mm. You know, live life. Uh, wear your best clothes. Drink your best <laughs> bottles. Share. Be merry. You know, we've already started doing this, haven't we? With some Burgundy this January, we pulled out mm. some really nice bottles, probably better mm. than we we probably thought should we have done, or should have earned. Yeah. But actually, carpe diem. You know, seize a day. You know, yeah. Am I? Is this? Is this? Am I persuading you? Well, I'm just thinking about you wearing your best clothes. Um, I'm hoping there are no Santa jumpers involved. Um, <laughs> you did have a strange expression on your face. I just wonder what it was about. Your best okay. clothes. Mm. Um, but no, no, I agree. I mean, we should stop putting off drinking those sort of squirrelled away bottles. And you know, they they may not be hugely expensive. They're just those. Special ones that you want to want to drink, and so mm. you know, drink them, 
go for it. Yeah. Enjoy them. Yeah. Buy more, you know, end of. And if you yeah. can get hold of a wine fountain, so much the better. Wine fountain's got to be in the mix, isn't it? Anyway, then But we... it's got to have good wine in it. Well, that's very true. Now, you, now you're getting quality into quantity. <laughs> um, so then we did have a couple of wishes that touched on what might, I don't know, loosely be termed health or drinking versus not drinking. Uh, one wish was for the disappearance of dry January. Is that your wish? Uh, I No. It was anonymous. <laughs> Just going to leave that one hanging. Um, and Nick Haynes was wishing um, that some eminent scientist produces incontrovertible evidence that drinking fine Pinot every day is the single best thing you can do for your health. And GPs can prescribe it. Uh, Burgundy might need to extend its boundaries a little. I think that's every wine lover's dream, isn't it? Um, but you know, the importance, the importance of fermented food and drink for the gut microbiome, yes, this yeah. is the new thing, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? You know, and maybe wine does help with that. Who knows? Yeah. We wait with bated breath to find out, don't we? Yeah, um, and, and as for Pinot being the, the silver bullet, not, not so sure, as delicious as it can be. Mm, um, mm. And of course, don't forget, good Pinot doesn't just come from Burgundy, Mark. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's very expensive there. So, um, you know, the doctors may need to prescribe Pinot from somewhere else. You know, we've got German, yeah. Californian, Kiwi, yeah. Australian, English, English, you know, you know yeah. life-enhancing Pinot. Stuff from all That's over. What we but, need. you know, from what I'm seeing as well, uh, to pick up on, on, on the dry January thing, damp January. It's on the way up, isn't it? Rather it than try, try, try. It does weird. sound a bit weird, doesn't it? It sounds like it you've just had an accident. It sounds a bit soggy. Um, but, <laughs> no, I think the idea is for moderation rather than total abstention, mm, uh, which enough. I have much more sympathy with. And I think it's better all around. I was actually reading some figures saying that alcohol sales totally rebound after January every really? year, which more than makes up for the dip in consumption in January. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, there's something like a 49% uptick in booze and alcohol and tobacco sales, sorry, after January ends. And that's actually risen since dry January started about 10 years oh. ago. So that's not great, is it? No, kind of no. renders the whole thing questionable at best. But anyway, yeah. just to clarify, we don't do dry January. I in think this people household. might have guessed that um, already. Well, I'm just clarifying. <laughs> Lovely listeners. To clarify. Maybe I'm just saying it for myself. <laughs> you know, we do have a bit of dry sherry, but that's about or it. Or dry white wine. Dry um, wine. Yeah, yeah but, but on this theme, and, and being totally honest, you know, one of our dearest wishes would be for world-class, truly delicious, non-alcoholic wine to finally yeah. start to yes. appear this year, wouldn't it? it you know, really forget would. dry January, yep, we don't do that, but it would just be something to savour on our on our nights off or, or when we're designated driver, um, but which actually tastes like decent wine, you know, a bit of, you know, bit yeah. of concentration yeah. and yeah. and beginning to end not just you know smells nice yeah, um, yeah. you know which yeah. is not really the case yet no totally totally i mean beer's done it you know spirits have innovated to superb effect uh bravo to them but you know wine really is behind the curve on this still isn't it I mean, there are some signs of progress i think we both agree mm -hmm. oh definitely um, but yeah. but really producers need to have a rocket lit up their proverbials on this on this front you know Ooh. invest in some serious r&d get some world-class wine Wines, base wines into the mix to start with you know we want to see cristal grade you know lafitte grade whispering angel grade base <laughs> wines going into the no low mix you know, and make something truly delicious of course we How do i'm not that sure be? that's gonna happen but, but equally i have to say hats off to the few people who are really giving it already yeah, a serious go it obviously isn't easy we no. know that um but it is worth it. I think it's it's harder with wine than anything. Um, you know, mm. keep going. Yeah. Please keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so moving on. Um, here's, here's a good wish from Salford Roasters. They would like awesome canned wine for the occasional drinker. Yes. Yeah. 
Now, yeah. now this is definitely starting to happen. Canned mm. wine is going from strength to strength and we'd have it as one big tip for the year ahead. We'll be seeing more and more wine in cans. Um, for example, Waitrose have just announced they're changing mm. all, well, not all, but almost all their smaller format wine bottles into cans, yeah. um, which will apparently save 320 tonnes of packaging in a year. Yeah. And I think more re- retailers are, are on this kind of track too, aren't they? Yeah, there are some who, I think it's things like Fizz, isn't it? Champagne, Prosecco, mm. Carver, don't. And Rioja, there's a law against, you know, you have to bottle it in orange. Anyway, it's something sort of fun, fun stuff like that. But um, definitely, you know, sustainability is part of the rationale here. It's part of the story, isn't it? You know, cans are lighter, easier to recycle. Uh, but another part of this story is quality, isn't it? And we genuinely are starting to see some really good quality wine in cans, aren't we? Which is, yeah. which is really exciting. So we've mentioned the Banks Brothers ones, which we featured in our wine of the year before. Had some beautiful wines from South Africa. Then we've got Canned Wine Company, Copper Crew. Uh, we featured Lubanzi can from our last episode from the Wine Society. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like South Africa is really strong here. We've I mentioned think they that before, are. Haven't we? I think they are. Um, yeah. But others will follow suit. So, you know, definitely wine and cans, well worth checking out. And it's a big tip for this year. Yeah. Something yeah. we'd like to see more of too. Yeah. And, and actually tying into the sustainability theme, Paul Tudor hopes that our industry finally wakes up to the existential threat of global warming. Mm. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Gibbs is hoping for a less frightening year climate wise mm. um, and this is what this is a big one for this year isn't it you know wine responding to the climate crisis everyone from producers to retailers to wine drinkers everyone mm. taking yeah. on some responsibility for their actions and and just doing their bit to engage with sustainability yeah, I mean, we, we covered this quite a bit in our last episode didn't we selling net zero wine so perhaps we don't need to spend too long on it here but it is top of the agenda isn't mm. it you know, it really quite, really really is if you so. listen to anybody um, in the trade yeah and you know actually it offers some quite exciting opportunities as well as challenges um so you know we're also going to come on to it we talk about how to be better wine lovers too yeah, so yeah um, yeah okay just to, to to move on but with it with a connecting thread mm-hmm. um lots of people's wishes tied in with climate or certainly weather yeah um yeah. so sarah may grunwald wants rain in italy an end to the drought mm. um scott hannon from Marlborough in new zealand wants an easy vintage <laughs> <laughs> what winemaker wouldn't? Um, Douglas Blyde is after a good year for Coteau Champenois. Mm-hmm. Niche. niche. Um, but, but, but this one's a bit controversial. Ingrid from Dunleavy Vineyards uh, in, south, in the southwest of England um, wants some summer rain for my baby vines. Sorry, everyone. Mm. Now, Ingrid, I'm really sorry. <sighs> Love you, but we can't endorse rain in the summer in England. Um, you know, it's bad enough for the rest of the year. We get plenty. I yeah. really don't want any more. I, I knew that one would pay me. I'm not a rain lover. Leila Killeran in France wanted to be accepted onto the Master of Wine for a second time. Um, a healthy and successful harvest would be handy in order to pay for the above. Oh, good luck, Leila. <laughs> and a bit of winter rain would definitely help. Uh, we haven't had significant rain for months and our lake is still very low. So, you know, along similar themes, I guess, wine producers concerned over the climate. You know, it, it, I guess it was ever thus with, with farmers and wine producers, but it definitely seems to have been exacerbated by climate change. You know, we want fewer wildfires, less torrential rain, um, fewer brutal frosts. You know, we're tasting the Burgundy 2021 vintage right now, aren't we? Which yeah. was devastated by frost. Absolutely. Uh, particularly with the white wine producers. Some growers losing, what, 85, 90% 85% of their of the crop, crop yeah. wasn't it? Up to, yeah. um, because the milder winters mm. leave vines more vulnerable to spring frost. And, yeah. and no one wants that. No, no, because the buds burst too early and then, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's disastrous. 
this. Anyway, we will come back to this. In the meantime, John Atkinson, MW, simply wanted... 2022 again, mm. um, I guess, for the, the lovely summer that was mm. perfect for English wine growers. Um, certainly not for England's World Cup result. No. Um, or, no. The, or the sad loss of, of Queen Elizabeth. Um, and, and staying on a serious note, Bruce Evans hopes that government creates some duty reform laws which will actually work and maybe mm. help our wineries, brewers and distillers who need it in this economic environment. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's a really important point for wine lovers, politics politics you know someone commented i think that uh, ignoring politics was the way forward but it's quite the opposite sadly you know these things can have a huge impact on us wine lovers um you know the current government proposals on duty reform uh, which bruce mentions there which will see duty rates based on alcohol content up a sliding scale they're, they're, they're a total mess we've mentioned this before in the program they'll be almost impossible to manage and implement, they'll be massively expensive and ultimately counterproductive anyway. Um, they need to be ripped up and the government needs to start again. The only mm. problem with that is <laughs> the chance of the exchequer who came up with the idea was, of course, Rishi Sunak. Who is now Prime Minister. So <laughs> It's unlikely they're going to yeah, go away quickly, but something isn't needs to happen because it's a mess. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's a poser, isn't it? Um, we also had the St Andrews Wine Company calling on the Scottish government mm. to remove glass from their deposit return scheme, which they said will, and I quote, cripple the wine trade in Scotland. Mm. Uh, and Andrew Orr wanted Singapore to reduce wine duties for restaurants and bars to help the F&B sector recover and help better wine lists appear. Yeah, and of course the... the desire for the UK to rejoin the EU was a view also expressed um, and it's fair to say that Brexit has caused significant complications mm, um, and carries on doing so yeah. you know it's very uncertain uh, for wine importers retailers yeah, yeah, just yeah and it's going to continue for the foreseeable future unless yeah. politicians on both sides can you know sort out the best way forward yeah yeah so it's impossible to have wine without politics unfortunately um, but not all politicians understand wine so the sector is facing many headwinds around the world isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's not just the UK, is it? You know, you've had your alcohol bans in South Africa by the government, the three tier system in the US, it's badly in need of reform. Russia banning champagne, being labelled as such, you know, champanskoya instead, you know, China banning Australian wine, you know, it goes on, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. And we could actually obviously mentioned the war in Ukraine at this point. We mm, had some mm. people quite rightly wishing for the war to end. Um, but from a wine perspective, you know, it's putting up energy costs, mm. creating global instability, it also raising the cost of things like glass, among mm. other raw mm. materials. And that has a p political dimension too. You know, yeah. A.D. Halliwell said, globally, I'd like the Russian invasion to end and world leaders to put almost all their efforts into combating climate change. So I think that's nicely sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how realistic that is, but let's hope for the best. You know, I think these these are sort of times of Glass change, aren't they? Yep, and 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 global political turmoil is not going away. You know, I asked our 15 year old daughter this question, and she said it would be nice to have some decent world leaders for a change. You know, <laughs> you think that sort of Gosh. pretty much sums it up. So, I think we probably just need to get on with enjoying life and doing the best we can. Hope for better things ahead. Um, so, anyway, at this stage. I think it would be good to hear some other voices, wouldn't mm -hmm. it? So let's bring in Master Sommelier and Director of Importer Flint Wines and Cabot Restaurants, um, Garrod Devani. Uh, he's a very busy man. He's a busy he? man, isn't he's, he? Yeah, he's yeah. But you, got, you got him, didn't you? I did. Caught I caught him. up with him at Flint's Burgundy 2021 tasting and I asked him what he wants to see in the year ahead. I guess on a very selfish level for, for drinking and wines with great purity, maybe real sense of place. Um, 
maybe some, I think, lighter alcohols. Uh, so these are, that's kind of how my palate's probably working these days. Yeah. I think, yeah, as ever, as from a, maybe from a sort of a work perspective, some help from the government and not, not bashing the industries, uh, especially the hospitality side of things in terms of allowing people to, to run their restaurants and uh, successful wine and drinks programs without you know, too much uh, stress. Yeah, and then just, I think it is exciting. I mean, we're catching up today at a tasting where having lots of winemakers in London showing their wines, which we haven't done since January 2020. So that's, I think, seeing more and more of winemakers back in, back in town and talking about their wines, and which I think you would agree is something that you know, inspires us all when we hear them talking about what they do and their passion. And, and I think what I'm seeing more and more, and I think that's a continuing theme, and, and rightly so, is pretty much all the winemakers that I'm getting to know and getting to know better and working with across the board. You know, everyone's really working in a more sort of sustainable and more eco-friendly kind of fashion. You know, people are really paying attention to what they do in the, in the vineyards and what they do in the cellar. I think... If you went back even 15, 20 years ago, it was kind of a rarity for anyone to be maybe doing anything biodynamic or organic or whatever that might be. And I think now that's the norm. So, yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Hard to argue with that. Mm, you know, purer, yeah. lighter wines. We're all over that, aren't we? Um, I mean, we, we've long been champions of more moderate alcohol in our wines, um, largely because it means we can drink more. Um, but, you know, they're, they're just, you know, more beautifully balanced, aren't they? Um, so so perhaps more cool climate viticulture, which naturally gives lower alcohols. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett touches on government helping, not hindering. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, it's, it's great to be able to travel again, to see winemakers yeah. back in town. You know, maybe there'll be less indiscriminate or unnecessary travel than before mm-hmm, hopefully mm-hmm. more more zoom tastings and meetings yeah. but but sometimes you just need to do things in per- person and it's it's great being able to do that again it is it is so you know yeah so perhaps you know that might be on our wish list too perhaps not more travel per se but, but just better more meaningful travel mm. uh, and more connections with people who've who've traveled themselves which so making the most of your travel exactly yeah. which i think you know we're all going to appreciate that much more now post covid lockdowns and travel restrictions aren't yeah, we yeah yeah and then and then he also he also touched lastly on the growth of organic and mm. biodynamic viticulture mm. that we would definitely have on our wish list for the year and the years ahead yeah, wouldn't we yeah, yeah. um you know that and things like regenerative viticulture mm, that's correct, I mean, isn't it? you know we've, we've long said this wine is a dispensable or or discretionary luxury in many people's lives and products in the future are going to increasingly need to champion their added value you mm, know whether that's mm. environmental or sustainable credentials or whatever you know people are going to ask what is it about this product that i buy into that i endorse beyond yeah. the wine itself yeah, totally. or whatever the product is totally but you know important to say we'd like to see this done for the right reasons and alongside quality not as a substitute for it you know because we're also seeing things like clean or skinny wines which we totally disagree with you know it's pure marketing nonsense in our view which is damaging for the wine category misleading at best you know so so this added value category is a double-edged sword but one that you know if it's done well and for the right reasons is definitely something we'd like to see more of so let's hear another view now. This one's Libby Brody, City AM's wine columnist and founder of Bacchus and Brody Wine Consultancy. This is what she wants to see from the year ahead. 
2023, I think it's already on the right tracks, but I'd like to see even more diversity and inclusivity across the industry, but also with wine drinkers themselves. I think it's all, it's going the right way, but I think the more we have a breadth of wine and wine lover, the more interesting the wines are going to be that's being created, the more accepting the industry will be as a whole. Um, and that's very exciting. Louis, thanks so much. The wine world does need to be more welcoming. Um, it's She's so right. Um, both the trade, you know, giving opportunities to people who might never have thought wine could be a career for them, um, but also welcoming to those who might drink other things, frankly, and may never have thought wine could be interesting or delicious for them. We need to engage as broadly as possible. Yeah, and, and as Libby says, that will ultimately make for a healthier wine trade and more interesting wine. Mm. So it's yeah. a win-win. You know, yeah. we totally endorse this. Now, on the subject of a healthy wine trade, we did have quite a few wishes around people shopping less in supermarkets and more in independent merchants. Mm. So Phil Crozier said... I'm hoping that every high street will be home to independent wine stores, or indies as they're known, with lots of interesting wines and manned by insanely keen geeks. I love that. Insanely keen geeks. Totally on board with that. Definitely, Phil. Uh, Now, I replied to Phil when he he said that, because it was on my Twitter feed, um, saying, you know, but it's hard to compete with online and consolidated players. And he replied, people work in selling wine algorithms can't replace that which was very noble sentiment um well said phil i'd like to think that's true um but then david crossley chipped in to this debate um which is the lovely thing about something like twitter isn't it when actually more people can join in so david joined in and he made a comment now this comment needs prefacing because it's a serious and valid comment but it's one that contains a hilariously unintended typo so here we go david wrote the uk has many times more brilliant undies than even a decade ago with some wonderful new openings last year undies for indies genius <laughs> we're back to your questionable fashion sense i think aren't we i mean i mean i'd love to see personally a study into the uk's undies and whether things have improved particularly in terms of the openings. It's the openings. It's the openings. It's the openings in the undies. Sorry. Oh, dear. I think we may have... Oh, we dear. May have, oh dear, dear, dear. Sorry, sorry, trouble, sorry. Trouble mm. on board. Um, I'll, but I'll but no, down. I'll carry on, shall I? <laughs> you can't, can't speak, can you? But no, I mean, it is true to say that there are new and exciting independent wine shops. Independent or wine shops, Indies, Indies, Indies yes. popping up all over yeah. um, who, who, who need and deserve our support. And we should be aiming to do that as much as possible this year. It's a good wish. It is a good wish. Indies Maybe and I'm just wondering if we could open a, a wine, independent wine shop no, next no, to our house called yeah. Undies, in no. no, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, right, so maybe it's time to in bring in another voice, given that mine is failing me currently. Um, I asked our fellow Master of Wine and restaurant specialist Peter McCombie what he wanted to see more of from wine in the year ahead. Freshness. It's interesting, you know, we are now at a, a burgundy taste in 2021 and the thing that strikes me, having got a third of the way around the room, is how delicious and fresh these wines are. And in, in a way, I guess it's quite classic, and I hate the word classic because it's a bit of a cop-out, but it is. There, there's just this deliciousness about Chardonnay in particular um, from this vintage in Burgundy that's, that's lovely. Having said that, sort of expanding beyond that, I would say if you look at maybe the new world, I think there's also a trend towards freshness, which I would like to see happening. So, for example, in New Zealand, where I originally come from, Pinot Noir now, they know they can get fruit, and now they're actually 
going for a bit more vitality and a bit more freshness and, and not stamping down on foot on the pedal and trying to get the most out of the grapes. So again, and, and I have just was in, uh, last year I was in Argentina, and again, Malbec, you think of Malbec as a big, ripe, juicy, bam, bam, bam. And actually there's some really lovely Malbecs being made without, in fact, with no oak sometimes. And so for me, I think that's, that's what I want to see more of. People just being, looking at, looking at, at drinkability, and for me, fresh is, is at the heart of drinkability. I, I think there's some really interesting emerging areas. You know, I think there are places, not necessarily new, new, but maybe new, old. And I do some work in Macedonia, for example. So I have, a, you know, I have an iron in the fire here. But I think Macedonia has the potential to make really delicious wines. And they've got a grape called Vranats, which means um, black stallion. Uh, and it makes delicious, chunky Mediterranean wines, but they have freshness. That's a fantastic answer. Thank you very much, Peter. Excellent. We'd definitely second freshness and drinkability. Mm, and, mm. You know, there's, there's been, if, I can't think of how to put this quite, but there's been way too much one-upmanship in wines, mm, hasn't there? Mm, you know, mm. they were getting so ridiculously powerful and dense and extracted and oaky and alcoholic. And I think we are seeing the pendulum shift back now yeah. towards wines mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. refreshing, drinkable, balanced, food-friendly, and, and just fun to drink, mm, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, we want to see this trend continue the, in the year ahead. Yeah, you know, yeah. Less is more. It sounds weird, doesn't it? It's a paradox. Drinkability should be important to wine. It's a drink, you know. Yeah. But we, we somehow managed to get Some, away from that. Well, weird. yeah. Anyway, drinkability, yeah, freshness, yeah. totally on board with that. And, and the idea of newer or new old regions, as Peter said, you know, and, and great varieties emerging. That's a common thread that cropped up elsewhere uh, in our debate. So David Crossley, he again of the Undies, uh, touted Bouget and wines from Switzerland, Japan, Czech Republic, Greece and Alsace. Eric Burgess wanted more people to discover the hidden gem of Montilla Moriles. Uh, and the great wine company wanted this to be Riesling's year in the UK finally. Why have we heard that before? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, here's hoping the, the Davids can challenge the wine Goliaths a bit more this mm, year. I mean, it mm. is happening, you know, particularly with some sommeliers increasingly that they're, they're pushing this kind of off-piste wine, yeah. um, which seems really trendy to do, mm, you know. Mm, um, and, and that's another wish that good sommeliers keep up their great work yeah. and we all listen to them and back them mm. and, and make sure we all go out and enjoy restaurants and bars when we can. Absolutely. Um, so talking of which, I caught up with two such winos on a street in London. It's not as dodgy as it sounds. Uh, it sounds very they're dodgy. They're bona fide, much more so than me, probably. <laughs> Back street in London. Yeah, so Ricardo and Ioannis from the Claret Wine Bar in, in Marylebone, um, which is connected to Chateau Margaux in Bordeaux. Uh, now, we've already heard briefly from Ioannis, but this is what they both had to say. Hi, my name is Ricardo. Um, I live here in London and I'm the general manager of Claret. It's a wine bar in Marlebon. Um, for me, this year, I hope that um, a lot of wines from the New World, mainly all the small um, and autochthon variety from France, Spain and Italy, majorly, um, they come out a little bit more. I'm very, very passionate of those um, wine, wine that are unknown because he express a lot more the terroir and it's nice to try a little bit something different. So I hope that I can see that London is moving towards that, so I'm very happy. So trying something new, but can you give me an example? Uh, well, I can talk a lot about Italy. I'm Italian, so like Piedi Rosso or, uh, or Picchio or uh, Samayanico as well. A lot of people are familiar with Taurasi, but there is also the Vulture is very, very um, um, quite known. Cataratto is another variety from Sicily that is coming out. Um, from uh, Spain, I'm a big, big fan of Monastrel. 
Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, and, and the new world, especially. Tannan from Uruguay. I'm a big uh, passion. Oh, Toronto is from Argentina as well. I like it quite a lot. Uh, but my favorite is German wrestling is my why to go. <laughs> Hi there. My name is uh, Ioannis Psilakis. I'm working for Claret as well. So for 2023, I would like to discover some uh, new grape varieties or uh, some English wines. Uh, some I have already tried uh, a sparking from uh, Gusborn, uh, English sparking. Beautiful, yeah. Uh, first time when I saw this wine, it was like, okay, sparking wine from England. Uh, must be horrible. I was saying to myself, you know. <laughs> I, so I tried it and uh, yeah, the wine was amazing. Uh, it was quite very close to, to champagne, from, especially from Cote Blanc, you know, it was a very, very pure style. Uh, yeah, looking uh, for new, actually from very unusual grape varieties. I am from Greece. Uh, okay, we, we are going well. We are growing every year. We're getting better. Uh, we are not France, of course, we are not Italy. Uh, but okay, still, we are still nice. <laughs> In terms of England? We're making some lovely still wines as well, some lovely still Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. What, what do you reckon? Do you think you can get sneak one of those onto the list? I haven't tried something, but yeah, why not? Why not? If uh, Mr. Ricardo is, uh, is up for it, yeah, we will. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, guys. Thank <laughs> no you. Worries. Thank you. Love that. Um, so, so will we see English Pinot on the list at a Bordeaux-owned wine bar in central London? Well, if, if Mr. Ricardo's up for it, we'll we'll see if to, Mr. I think Ricardo's we might. Up for we it. may just have to go and follow up on that purely for research purposes, of course. Work, 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 work. work, work. Right. But no, no, I think I think English wine fits into the list of exciting up-and-coming mm, wine mm, categories, mm-hmm. and we'd certainly we certainly love to see more people enjoying more of these wines this year not yeah. just the amazing fizz but also the great still UK yeah, wines which you've just written a piece about in Decanter haven't you I um, may have indeed we'll put a link out to that in the show <laughs> bit notes bit of a plug there uh, a little bit of a plug um, but I did also just read that sales of English wine are, you know, are going very well aren't they at the they are they I mean, are yeah. as we've said before lots of doom mongers have been predicting a glut or oversupply of English and Welsh wine as production has surged but we do seem all to be buying it and that's mm-hmm. fantastic news you know so apparently Christmas sales of English fizz, English sparkling wine were up 19% at Majestic uh, last year. And, and this after overall sales of, of all UK wine grew 69% between 2019 and 2021. So mm. sales are surging. That's great to see. It's yeah, more yeah, people yeah. can enjoy it. I mean, but beyond people just discovering and drinking UK wines, perhaps this year we could hope that more people get out there and visit the estates. Mm. Um, mm. There are some great days out to be had by heading into English wine country, whether that's Kent, uh, Cornwall, Essex, you know, even urban wineries in London. Yeah, all over, all over. I think that's a, that's a really good wish, actually, Tavia. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all. And maybe, actually, we can extend that to a more global ambition. You know, let's all get out yeah. wherever we are in the world, visit a vineyard or two, wherever's closest to you, not always easy for some people, but, you know, some some of us or actually more. live very close or surprisingly yeah. close, and yeah, yeah. it's a really enjoyable thing to do. You know, I know we do it for our job, uh, but it's always a pleasure, isn't it? Meeting the people behind the wine, seeing where things are grown, supporting their businesses, you know, and having fun while you're at it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so before we wrap things up, mm, uh, mm. any final things we uh, might add to our wish list for the year ahead? What do you think? Uh, compulsory podcast listening for everyone, particularly Wine Blast. Uh, <laughs> wine Blast, Wine Blast, Wine Blast. <laughs> Not Jumper um, Blast. Uh, well, no, hang on, Wine Jumpers all round, that's got to come in. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think one thing I'd throw 
in for my personal wine drinking wish list is finding more brilliant Chardonnay and Pinot Noir outside Burgundy, uh, you know, because the price of Burgundy have just gone into the stratosphere, haven't they? Mm, they are so a bit crazy. that's yeah. going to be on my hit list, on my aim, my wish list for this year. Um, so I'll definitely be looking out for that. Um, bigger picture, you know, I'd love to see the wine world making real collaborative progress on action against climate change and pollution um, and promoting biodiversity around the world. Um what about you, before I start advocating for... Mm, I'm um, going to say, you know. I'm a bit shallower than that. You know, I just want some delicious <laughs> sparkling wine to fill my life and uh, and bring joy and, and fun yeah, and, uh, you know. On. But yeah, keeping an open mind, really. And mm. then I think just some of the other things that we've already mentioned, drinking those special bottles rather than keeping them, mm. supporting your local winemakers. Um, and yes, I mean, bigger picture, you know, don't we all want an end to the, the war in Ukraine? Mm. Better leadership around the world, you know, including governments taking a, a, a proper responsible approach to wine and engaged re- yeah. approach to wine i mean that there's so much isn't there yeah. anyway we can pick up on these and more in our follow-on episode coming very shortly how to be a better wine lover so make sure to tune into that by way of squaring this particular circle achieving closure perhaps anyway Renee, uh, we'd love to hear your views on what would be at the top of your wish list for 2023 maybe this episode has sparked some thoughts or reactions um, so get in touch but also more importantly we'd love to hear from you uh, how you think you or we or we all could be better wine lovers uh, you can email us send us a message on social media or leave us a voice message on Speakpipe and we'll put links to all those things in the show notes our thanks to Libby Brody, Peter McCombie Garrett Devani and both Ricardo and Ioannis from Claret thanks also to you for joining us until next time cheers cheers